is going on, y'all? And welcome back to the 90 and 60 plus podcast for another week. This week, guys, is just the three original co-hosts back in the house to recap everything and everything that's going on around in the world of football. We got myself, Christian, and then we also have with us Aldo. Aldo, how you doing, man? How's the week been? It's been good, man. It's been good. It's good to be back. Um, we're, recur- we're recording early today, which is nice. Lots of energy in here. But man, it's good to be back. How about y'all? How are y'all doing? Yeah, man, pretty good, pretty good, pretty busy. Uh, now that school's back in session, you know, I've just been pretty busy with that and my job and everything else going on. But yeah, man, I've been good otherwise. So what about you, man? Saul was also with us here today. How you doing, man? How's the week been treating you? Yo, yeah, well, interesting week. You know, it's just August for, for me. You know, there's just a lot of birthdays during August. So pretty much has been keeping me busy this whole August month of August. But yeah pretty much it you know <laughs> yeah, glad that we're all doing good and glad that we're back for another week uh i think we took last week off uh, we couldn't find a time to record so it's gonna be back and talk footy once again with the boys but yeah guys as always we're gonna bring back another tradition for the 90 and 60 plus podcast for the 2023-24 season and that is our biggest takeaways y'all so all the why don't you kick it off man and tell us what your biggest takeaway is for the week my biggest takeaway for the week right now is how inconsistent var is and refereeing has been uh just been in shambles we've seen week what is it match week three now and it's just been one thing after the other with why we've seen it we saw it in wolves against united united against tottenham but you also saw it in liverpool against um was it south not bournemouth game with that so it's just been in shambles man i'd like to hear your guys thoughts on on var this season so far and and just the refereeing in general for the prem brown be honest with you I've uh I haven't really kept up with much of the controversy, but I will know that or I will note that there was this huge refereeing change and just changes in general that came up for this season and we didn't really have time to talk about it, but yeah, it's been crazy how I think the offside rule changed the most dramatically. So I mean that's kind of a typical different topic for a different day, but yeah, VAR I've heard has been very inconsistent and I don't know. Uh it's all human error and you know, I think there's always been problems with VAR. Not just the Premier League, but I think uh if anyone watched the League's Cup this summer, that uh, was a huge issue and massive point of controversy with uh, how VAR and the referees would get involved and a lot of people say you know it was because of the, it was like that because it was scripted and it was meant for Messi and Miami to make it to the final and win it but not even games that didn't involve them it was just very up in the air and inconsistent as far as refereeing decisions and calls so yeah it's been a, a hot topic for sure and I think it's been I think it's going to sadly carry into the entirety of the season it's going to be a continuous theme for the season that's just my opinion though sorry so I didn't mean to cut you off go ahead no, bro, I'm just going to say, bro, it's not even just the Prem. I mean, I think it's mainly the Prem and La Liga, which are, you know, often considered the two best leagues in the world. And it's just, bro, like, if you think the refereeing is bad in the Prem, you need to watch La Liga, bro. It's, it's awful. It's inconsistent, and it's just, it's disgraceful, honestly. It always pisses me off about Javier Tevas, the president of La Liga. How he wants to have the best league in the world, yet do this motherfucker. As some of the worst refs in the world. He does everything besides fix the refs, you know? It's crazy. Yeah, Vara is definitely going to be a hotly contested topic this season. And yeah, we'll definitely keep our eyes on it. But let's move on to my takeaway, y'all. And this one is, you know, speaking of controversy, this is one that's been all over the news. Not just football news, but I feel like uh, major media outlets in general so for those of you that don't know uh spain the national women's national team for spain they won the world cup recently and in the midst of the celebration there's been this massive point of controversy where the spanish fa president um what's this bastard's name Luis 
Yeah, that guy. Luis Rubiales, he, during the midst of the celebration and I guess in the heat of the moment, he grabbed Jenny Hermoso, who is a player for the Spanish national team, grabbed her by the face and basically kissed her. And it sparked this huge point of controversy. And it's been kind of blowing up recently with players and teams coming out in support for Jenny and demanding the resign resignation of Rubi, Rubiales, but he came out and said he's not going to resign. So it's this huge, massive thing. I think earlier today when Sevilla played, they were also um, doing a bit of a p- protest with the shirts they were wearing before the game started. But yeah, I definitely do side with uh, Jenny Hermoso and the rest of the players for that Spanish national team because it's not just the, the FA, but there is a huge point of controversy as well before the tournament even started with the coach, st- the coaching staff, and some of the players, and it's just a whole mess. But, yeah, I think uh, the actions were very disgraceful and just not acceptable at all, especially by a president. So, um, again, I kind of side with Jenny Hermoso and the rest of the Span- Spanish uh, national team, and, yeah, he should resign immediately. And I think if justice does come, then... Maybe he might not have to resign. Maybe he just gets fired or taken out of the position. But, yeah, definitely a huge, massive point of controversy. And um, it's good to see that the football world is actually, you know, coming together for a, a better cause like this. So, yeah, that's a nice one of the silver linings in this whole uh, controversial topic. But, yeah, that's my takeaway. I'm not sure if any of y'all have any thoughts on that. Or we can just move on to Saul's. So we've often talked about the Saudi Pro League, you know, for the most part. I remember me and you, we had a conversation back early June after Man City won the, you know, Champions League, we had a conversation about where this was going. And, but most part, we both agreed. We're just like, you know what? They don't pose a danger yet because uh, they're going after old players, not old players, but older players, you know, closer to retirement age that are pretty much, you know, um, want significant stuff in their career. But then this week, was it like, I think a couple of days ago, they, uh, they signed Dabri Vega from Celta de Vigo. And, you know, he's a 20, 21. And he's one of the most promising upcoming players for Spanish talent and La Liga in general. And for him, I think what made it crazy was that he declined. He had, I mean, Fabrizio gave the here we go for him going to Napoli. And then, you know, I think a day later, negotiations broke down. And then, once you know it, two days later, he signed to go to I don't know what team, but he went to Saudi Arabia. But it's like it was crazy, you know, because it was like people were like, I mean, you know, I'm not trying, I'm not gonna say justify because it, it sounds like they did something wrong. But people were just like, what would you rather have? Two million dollar, two million dollars a year contract from Napoli or twenty million a year tax free from Saudi Arabia? It's just crazy. So yeah, you know, I think this is. You know, they start, they're starting to border that dangerous territory of, uh, is this going to actually, are they going to really start affecting the, the, the quality of European football? So I wanted to dive into that with you guys and see what y'all think. Yeah, I think the Saudi Pro League has been a massive pending conversation here in the 90 and 60 plus podcast. And also in that conversation we had back in June, July, so we mentioned that, you know, this it's not really a threat to be taken seriously until they start signing these young players. And what do you know? That's what they've been doing. And it kind of feels like it slowly had this... Um, cascade effect because it yeah like we mentioned at first it was like players towards the end of their retirement you know you got ronaldo benzema and conte just to, to name a few you know up there's of 30 31 32 33 and ronaldo's case 36 a bit older and then they kind of started targeting players in their prime and players that could have offered a lot more or at least a few more years in europe you know like um say maximan fabinho Francesi, and then now they started really going for young players like abdi vega which is concerning but yeah um 
I mean, in the midst of it all, you know, Gabby Vega is not a killing Mbappe. He's not the next world-beating talent, even though they did try to sign him. And, you know, you can say what you want about Mbappe and how he, quote-unquote, declined that contract for um, his footballing career. But I've kind of come to terms with the fact that the Saudi Pro League is never going to be taken serious. Um, I'm not sure if it'll ever be moved in the same light as the Premier League or La Liga. And yeah, there are all these talks and conversations about it possibly being some of the teams being incorporated into the Champions League. But honestly, you look at it all and all these players that are moving to the league, they're moving to only about four or five different clubs. So it's not, you know, evenly spread out throughout the entire division with just 18 teams. It's mostly the top five clubs in that league that are, you know, kind of sharing the wealth. They each have, you know, four or five world-class players that move from Europe. But... I, I don't think it's ever going to compete with the Premier League. Maybe that's a different story if they ever do strike a contract with the Champions League, which if they do, that's just disgraceful. And that's a whole different topic for a whole different day. But I don't consider it a threat because, you know, Gabri Vega, yeah, he was a young prospect and he was really, really young. But at the end of the day, he's not a world-beating talent. He's not going to be a world-beating talent anymore, especially with his, with his move to Saudi. And... I don't know. I, I I used to begrudge these players, you know, especially like uh, Ronaldo when he first left because everyone was saying he it was the only contract that was offered him for so much money. But honestly, I've kind of come to terms with the fact that, you know, these are players that are going to earn generational wealth throughout their entire career. And, you know, honestly, I, I don't think I would uh, I would take that down. I don't think I would um, not accept that if I was in their shoes. So I kind of find it hard to begrudge them. It does suck, um, especially with the players that could have offered a lot more in Europe. But overall, I don't really, even with this signing of Gabby Vig, I don't see it posing too much of a threat. But obviously that can change because this narrative changed. This narrative changed, you know, in the past six months. But overall, I still think it's not to be taken seriously, but also not taken lightly, if that makes sense. Uh, before we get all the, so, so do you think there's no hope for Gabby Vega? Because I mean, Oh, he's 21. He signed a three-year contract for 20 million a year. So, I think, in my opinion, I think he's sending a new blueprint, bro. So, I mean, 21. He goes to Saudi Arabia for three years. He earns 60 million. He still comes back 20, 24, around 24. And it's like, but he comes back with 60 million tax-free because they don't tax in Saudi Arabia. And it's like, it's like, bro. It's like, I think, I think, and then, you know, he comes back 24, he's not old either. He's still young enough, you know, has his whole prime to offer to uh, teams. So it's like, you know, I think he might be setting a new blueprint slash president for other people, for other young players. They might be like, they might be like, wait, so you tell me I can go to Saudi Arabia for three, four years, earn around, I don't know, 20 million a year, around 15 or 30 million a year. All of that's tax-free, and then I can still come back to Europe and compete at the highest level after earning all that money. It's like, I, th- I think it is. I think it's scary. I think it's getting, as Chris would say, scary hours. I don't think he's going to have that much interest from major European clubs like he did this first time around when he comes back, if he decides to come back. But, yeah, it's all just down to the competitiveness level that the Saudi Pro League has to offer. You know, they're not... But yeah, they're constantly challenging for the Asian Champions League, but I just, you know, when you compare it to the Premier League or even like the lower tiers of Europe, like the Eredivisie, the Liga Nos over in Portugal, I just, I don't see it on the same light. So who's to say that, yeah, he can go there and then have these ideas and aspirations of coming back, but will any club realistically want him and will any club realistically look at him in the same light that they did in 2023 when he moved to Saudi Arabia? I don't think so. We've been talking too long, although what do you think? Well... Just to kind of touch a little bit on both your points, you know, um, kind of more with Saul's 
he's not really setting up a blueprint if you think about it because the Saudi Arabia is kind of like the new Chinese Super League. You think about it, a lot of this was happening way back uh, with with China. You know, Oscar went over there. Uh, we had some towns like Hulk that went over there as well. They got these massive contracts. Um, and then <clears throat> some stars followed, but then it kind of died out and faded out. And now Saudi, Saudi Arabia is kind of doing the same thing. Now, do keep in mind, because there's going to be more attention to the Pro League because of the stars they have now that they've got, we could see some up-and-coming talent from the that country. That still doesn't mean to say that younger players now in other countries, like, you know, in, in Europe, are really going to try to go that route. I think maybe Saudi Arabia can be a good route for players, you know, like here in the U.S. and Mexico, you know, that could be a good stepping stone for them, especially right now because, like I said, they're getting all this attention. Uh, and if they perform well, you know, then potentially that can lead to Europe. Um, but I think it could potentially be one of the top seven leagues in the world if they do it right. I think it's going to become number six, possibly even number five ahead of the league on. To counter you, China messed up in a couple things. Uh, well, one of them was some of the companies backing it went bankrupt, but another one was that they introduced some policies where I think they try to limit the amount of foreigners and also limit the amount they can make, so that's why it also ultimately failed. I think the biggest difference is, dude, Saudi Arabia has bottomless amount of money. Like They have so much money that I don't think people actually can fathom how rich they are. Like, it's crazy the amount of money they have. Like, bro, some of those, some of those families over there, the oil families, some of them are like trillionaires, bro. It's like crazy the amount of money they have. Yeah, but I think I think you touched on something important. I think Saudi Arabia now, you know, they're getting all these players, and I think to capitalize on that, they should start trying to produce their own players. You know, upgrade their coaching, upgrade all that stuff, and then you know, it's like when they make it up to the senior team, it's like they have all these great players that have played in top leagues and in Europe and could help them like mentor along too. So I think that's, that's their next step is uh, try to mix in some of their players as well. Try to start developing their own players. So then, you know, in the future when maybe all these players aren't attracted to the money or something else or Europe or someone else introduces like a, what's it called? Like limits on it or something. I don't know, like a handicap to it or something. Then they can be like, all right, we don't need them anyway. We have our own players. We have our own stars. I think Pep, Pep also said an interesting quote, but he's, he, cause he talked, he made a really good point about, um, about Saudi Arabia. Cause try to summarize, he practically, he, he practically said, everyone complains about Saudi Arabia. He's like, but as soon as they come knocking on your door, everyone's like, what do you want? Which is true. Cause you know, I mean, Arsa, I mean, our difficult financial situation and you see, they were like, they're hoping that Saudi Arabia comes knocking for players. They don't want like, like when they want to get rid of Franck Cassie or Clement Langley, or, you know, it's just practically you see it with any club and any fan, really, when a team wants to get rid of a player, they're like, oh, I hope Saudi Arabia comes knocking and takes him. So it's like, it was, I think, it, it like, talked, he, he, I think he summed it up perfectly about the hypocrisy in this whole thing. It's like, everyone complains about it, but when they come knocking to you, um, he's like, you open the door and ask them what they want. And then he also... And then when they asked him about them potentially 
I don't know if it was Pep or another coach, but that isn't about Saudi teams potentially coming to the Champions League. He, the coach was like, he's like, well, I hope they don't. But at the end of the day, money's money, and money talks, which I think is true. You know, like UEFA right now could say all they want about, no, we won't take it, we won't take it. But if Saudi Arabia comes in with like a lucrative sponsorship deal that will boost everyone's salary up and all this stuff, I I, I have a hard time saying UEFA will. I have a hard time seeing that UEFA will say no. So, I mean, I do think we're in for, um, I'm not going to say troubling time, but for some, I guess, new new times. I don't know what the correct word would be, but I think we're going to see a lot of changes in the world of football next year. These upcoming years with Saudi Arabia being behind a lot of them. I think they might even like be like, um, you know, they don't have a lot of being in the Champions League. They might be like, all right, we'll fund um, the Super League as long as our teams could be in it. And that might be a thing, you know, and then the Super League gets created and then they start, you know, it's like they start buying a bunch of players from Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia starts buying a bunch of players from Europe and next thing you know, Champions League doesn't exist and all this stuff. And so, yeah, I think we're in for some big changes, if I'm being honest. You guys don't find it kind of hypocritical that the entire Saudi Pro League is sponsored by the same person? You know, whereas most leagues around the world, they have a specific owner or president. The, the entire Saudi Pro League is funded and ran by the same person, the same owner. You guys don't find that a bit hypocritical or a bit, um, what's the word, like anti-paradising? Par- that, that doesn't make any sense, but you know, it's, it's, it's anti-parody at the end of the day because um, it's all owned by the same person and you can pick and choose where these players go. It's just, I don't know, I find it kind of... For me, that that doesn't breed competition. I don't know if, if y'all have anything to say about that. Well, I mean, when we talked last time, I told you, I think the government or the public fund, I don't know what it's called over there, only owns three or four of the teams, which are, like, the, I think are the three biggest ones spending, but regardless, because, I mean, I told you, I think when they were buying Angola Conte and Benzema, I told you, I, like, heard stories that, I read stories where they were like, oh, they're going to send them to this team, or they're going to send them to this team. And then it was just pretty much like this team's competing in the Asian Champions League. So this player's going there, and it's like this player's, it's like, and this team's competing in the in the FIFA Club World Cup. So he's gonna be, go to this team so he can help them win it. So I mean, but I heard they only own three teams, but they're pretty much all rich. They all like have um, I think I may be incorrect here, but I think they all have some some form of government um, backing. Yeah, oh, but yeah, look, here's the quote. Pep said, everyone complains about Saudi Arabia, but when Saudi Arabia knocks on the door, all the clubs open the door, red carpet, they say, what do you want, my friend? I, I'll, I'll sell everything, so happy. He says, I'll complain for everything, but everyone opens the door. I think it's true. Also, just on a note of para-patriotism, um, you guys don't think it's hypocritical as well for the Saudi Pro League to fill the entire league with foreigners? Because I know we in Mexico, we absolutely hate when our teams are full of um, foreigners because that doesn't lead to a good national team and it kind of takes away from the talent that we can be producing. Uh, the U.S. feels the same way with the MLS. And even you go to South America and they're really passionate about it. So, yeah, maybe it's, you know really good for the league but it could be the detriment to the national team you know and i know you guys made the argument of oh, okay well it can better these players playing around you know world-class talents but if you're filling the entire league with you know uh players that are like upwards of 29 30 and then you know you're not really developing your young talent so i i, I don't know I, from a patriotism point of view that probably can be a something to look out for as well i don't know how many saudi arabians feel about it but it'll be interesting to see what their perspective is yeah, bro, I think you said, I mean, we're not Saudi Arabians, so we can't really speak for them, but 
I think at this point, they're not at the point of where we are, you know? I think right now, their league is barely developing, becoming a bit worldwide, you know? And they're just at the point where they're like, we want to see good football. But maybe in the future, you know, where it's like our league is good, but our national team sucks or something, maybe that's when they'll start being like, hey, we want more uh, Saudi Arabians in our league. We want our national team to be good. But I think right now, at the moment, they're just happy that all these players are willingly going to Saudi Arabia and that the league is improving. You know, I think they're just happy that they get to see Benzema, Sadio Mane, Ruben Neves, Milinkovic Savage, and players like that every weekend in Saudi Arabia. But maybe, I think maybe in a couple of years, if the national team's not good, then I mean, that's where we, we might start seeing some outspoken people. But yeah, guys, that's, uh, you know, Saudi Arabia, I think it's going to be a growing topic as the season moves on because obviously the window's not over the transfer window's not over and then the january is coming as one is coming as well so definitely one to look out for and honestly i like you guys said i think it's just going to be a growing not problem but you know growing topic to talk about for years and years to come but yeah we'll we'll definitely try to cover our best cover it as best we can here on this podcast but for now i'd say let's move over to some of the more prestigious um, competitive side of soccer and or football than that is where it is in Europe. So let's start off with the European football. So I think the best way to start is the, the Premier League. Week three or match week three, you know, we're three weeks into the campaign so far and there are some pretty surprising names that are above on, or top of the table right now, but also some interesting matches and then news, transfers, injuries as well. What have y'all made up about the first three weeks of the Premier League? Um. The few games I've watched, I say uh, there's a lot better flow. Like, you know, there's no match where I've watched in the Prem, and I haven't watched a lot of games, but, you know, there's more. There's no match in the Prem that I've watched so far where it's, like, slow tempo or it's, like, you know, there's time-wasting or it's, like, even teams that park the bus, they're not time-wasting. There's pretty much because I think that's what they've really done is crack down on time-wasting and make sure the flow of the game goes faster. And I think that's really it. just the rule changes. Like, you know, it's like there's no more complaining to the ref. It's like if you make the ref, uh, I was figuring out through this through the commentators when I was watching a match. It's like if you like wave the imaginary, like wave your hand as if to say to the ref, give him a card. It's like you got a yellow card. There's no more crowding the ref. It's only the captain who can speak to the ref. And I think maybe the person, the, the player that got fouled, and it's like, you know, if you take too long, I think you can't take more than eight seconds to throw it to do a throw in or else you get a yellow card. But I think that's what I've enjoyed, just crack down and time wasting and how that allows the game to flow a lot better. You know, and then on that same note, I think we're seeing more of these longer um, extra time periods as well. Not extra time, but you know, added time at the end of 90 and at the yeah. end of 45. It's very similar to what we saw in the World Cup. So honestly, I think that's nice to see because it just shows how much time wasted is actually going on during games. I think there was a recent study where the average ball was in play and being played for about 66 minutes um, in the top five European leagues last season. So that's something really interesting to look at. And there's always been these talks of, you know, should we pause the clock every time the ball goes out of play or there's a foul? But I think at a time with it being actually as accurate as it is now, it was just a good placeholder. So I'm happy to see that as well. But, you know, in terms of football, I know I'm pretty surprised that, you know, there's a team and I mentioned there's some surprising teams earlier, you know, West Ham and Spurs, they've been absolutely not perfect, but you know, they're yet to lose a game as well as Arsenal and they're on top of the table. Man City at the time of recordings and has yet to play a game or they've played one less game than 
those three teams mentioned, so they could be very very well three and zero by the time this um this podcast comes out. But yeah, Man City as well. You know, they lost Riyad Mahrez, and I was saying in our predictions earlier that I don't think they'll challenge for the Premier League or even win it um, as comfortably as they did last year or in years prior. But honestly, and the reason why I said that was because of their failure to actually replace players like Mahrez and look at who they got. Jeremy Doku, who honestly it does not seem like a Pep system player to me, but honestly I think he's going to be a very um, world class or very elite footballer, you know, in the next couple of years with under the mentorship of Pep. So I'm very excited to see what his development will look like. But yeah, it's just getting scarier and scarier for anyone that's not a City fan right now. Um, but also surprising, you know, because I, I don't think I don't think anyone expected Spurs to be where they are right now. And yes, it's only three weeks in, but also they're just playing really well and. Their style of football is actually um, pretty attractive to watch, so that's something to look out for. And other than that, you know, the I think the middling clubs, the mid-table clubs, like the Austin Villas, the West Hams, the Brightons, the even the Brentfords, you know, they're still punching well above their weight and hanging up there with the big boys, so that's also an exciting area to watch out. And, yeah, I just can't wait for what the rest of the season will unfold because I think it's going to be very, very unpredictable. I mean, I still got City winning it all. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think that the more the weeks go on, it's just like, yeah, that's probably inevitable. But I don't know. Yeah, there's no, there's no other second te- best team that anyone can categorize behind City. So, yeah, I don't I know. Think Arsenal, I think Arsenal. I was, I'm surprised they dropped so many points early on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, th- I think it's just it's taking them like a lot to gel. It's taking a lot longer than they thought it would to gel the team. So, I think that's what they're struggling with. And also, I think they need a striker, bro. <laughs> Gabriel Jesus and Kai Havertz and Eddie and Kethia ain't it. Eddie and Kethia is a serviceable backup, but for him to be your starter is not good. Yeah. And then I think they still have Florian Balogun on the books. I'm not sure he made it, actually made the bench today, but no, he did not. But um, So yeah, I retract that. But yeah, Arsenal. And then we talk about injuries at the top of the pod. I mean, who was the center back they just signed? They can also play as a fullback. Um, Jurian Timber, who just tore his ACL Timber. out for the rest of the season. Man, that's going to be a huge blow for Arsenal and Arsenal fans. So I definitely do feel for them there. I mean, <laughs> they literally brought him in to actually, you know, help support the team and actually title challenge for the title in terms of depth. But, man, that, that went out the window in the first two weeks. So I, feel, I do feel good for that. But... Yeah, there's no clear-cut favorite right behind City. I mean, Liverpool has yet to play a third game as well. Maybe they're up there in contention. Man United look patchy, but, I mean, that's pretty much their entire story every season, it feels like. Um, yeah, it's hard, it's hard to pick a, a winner behind City. Bro, don't even get me started. So far, this prem has been starting really well. I'm really liking Brighton. Um, they, what, I think they're the top scorers in the league right now. They got four goals in the first game, four goals in their second game. So I really like them right now. Newcastle has done well too. They held City to a very tightly one-nil game. <clears throat> and go against tomorrow Arsenal. So that's gonna be a good game to watch. Uh, I mean, sorry again against Liverpool. Yeah, yeah, they're going against Liverpool. So. Yeah, so the, uh, we'll see what happens there, but I'm really liking Brighton right now and Newcastle, so I think they can surprise a little bit more than they did last year. Agree, especially with what your kid said, Aldo. Definitely agree with that thought. All right, y'all, before we take jump off the Premier League, 
um, I'd say we now's a good time to actually go into the what's been newly branded as just the Sports Predictor app, previously known as the NBC Sports Predictor app. Yeah, the app is a bit, un- a bit under a uh, rebrand or revamp. And honestly, I don't know if it's for the better. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, you can still do the, uh, not, it's not called the Premier League Pick'em anymore. It's just called the Premier League Predictor. So yeah, you can still play that. And, you know, you can't make a league anymore, which sucks for the three of us because that's what we had going on. But ni modo, we can still do the, I guess, upcoming predictions for the next week. So if y'all are down with that, we can whip that out and see what we think is going to go on next week. Anyways, the first game on here is uh, Tottenham Hotspurs versus Burnley. And I think with the way Spurs have been playing, I think it's going to be a comfortable win for them. I think Burnley is yet to actually win a game in the Premier League, so they might struggle against the Spurs side. So, yeah, I'm going to go 2-1 to Spurs. And real quick, yeah, I think Tottenham has had a really great start. Uh, this season with uh, and to life. Uh, so Madison was a big, big plus for them, I think. And I think he's going to be crucial in this 3 nail win against Burnley. 3 nail damn. I'm going to go 2 2 draw. I think Burnley's going to surprise you. And Tottenham's going to be Tottenham. And then the next one we got Bournemouth and Brentford. Uh, even though Brentford is away, I'm going to go Brentford 1 0. Yeah, I'm gonna. I like Brentford for this match as well. I think they've they started really good. Um, you know, they're they're really relying on. Oh man, what's his name? He's kind of stepping in for Ivan Tony, but I can't remember his name. Jeez, Bramble. Yeah, him. Um, I think he stepped up. I think he had what two two penalties there from the last two match weeks, uh, and 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 he's just been. Going on in reform, they've been playing pretty well football too. So yeah, I say I say two nil born, uh, two nil Brentford versus Bournemouth. Yeah, I think I'm agree with all of here. Two nil to Brentford. And after that, we got Newcastle versus Brighton. It seems like every week we have a pretty evenly match matchup, which is nice. Um, and these two teams are quote unquote you know mid table teams, but low key punching above their weight class. So I'm interested to see where they'll finish after the end of the season, but. Given the fact Newcastle is at home, I'm going to go with the Newcastle 3-1 victory. I think there is going to be a good portion of the match where it is 1-1 and pretty even, but I think Newcastle at the end will run away with it. Nah, I'm going to go with Brighton. I think Brighton win it 2-1. As a 3-3 draw. Someone doesn't agree with me, but that's what, that's what I said. Right, then the fourth one, we got Austin Villa versus Liverpool. I think this is going to be a good game, too. Liverpool is away. Um, we have yet to know what their game on Sunday is going to turn out or what those results of their game on Sunday will be. So I think as it stands, I'm going to go for a 2-2 draw. Villa versus Liverpool. I think, no, I don't know, bro. It's because Liverpool, they need a lot of midfield re- reinforcements. So I think Liverpool, I think, yeah. I, yeah, I think I agree with you, Christian, a 2-2 draw. Dang. Uh, I think Aston Villa. No, I'm saying uh, I think Villa's going to take it from Liverpool 2-1, um, just narrowly going over the line. Uh, I think Unai Emery's going to have his tactics spot on against them. I can see that happening. And then the second to last one, it's Wolves versus Crystal Palace. Um, honestly, two teams that are kind of disappointing and uh, don't really have a lot of expectations. So I'm going to say a 1-1 draw. Yeah, I think Crystal Palace wins this 2-0. I'm going to agree with Oh, here, uh, Wolves has. Uh, I think that I think they'll still be pretty tight defensively, but 
I think Crystal Palace is going to end him at 2-1. And the last one, y'all, it's Man United versus Arsenal. That's probably the match of the week, honestly. There's a lot of good games this week. But, man, United is at home, so that plays in a big factor. Dang. You know what? I'm going to give it to Arsenal, though. I think they're going to win 3-2. Yeah, I think I agree, Christian. I think Man United was a little real shaky to start the season, so I think 3-1 to Arsenal. See, if I wasn't a real United fan, I would agree with you guys, but I'm not going to agree with you guys. You know, we are. It has been a shaky start, but so was last season, and look what happened. You know, kind of third in the Prem, got the Carabao Cup trophy. So I ain't stressing about this. Um, again, kind of we faced Arsenal pretty early in the in the last season as well. We ended up three one. I think Arsenal is going to be a bit more tight this time. So I'm going to say it's going to nearly win it. Solid 1-0 victory. Bro, I think you mean if you weren't a delusional United fan, you would have choose. You'd choose Arsenal. No, 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 bro. A real fan knows what's up. No, I can... It's those fake pasted fans that are trying to get Eric Ten Hag sacked after just two matches. No, I can, I can low-key see that happening. Um, all right, well, that's the Premier League. Dang, I was going to say Premier League predictor, but it's not. I got to get used to that new name. Premier League, I don't even know, sports, sports predictor. Sports predictor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, if y'all are playing at home, make sure you get your picks in. and be. I say we go to another league that actually kicked off, you know, one we talked about in our last podcast. That is La Liga, because uh, I think match week two is underway as we speak. It's going to be match week three as well. Uh, most teams do play Sunday, but yeah, we still have quite the bit to talk about here. And honestly, I think the biggest takeaway from La Liga in these opening three weeks is just how impressive Jude Bellingham has been for the uh, Real Madrid team at the start of the season. I mean, this man already has four goals in three games. That's just outrageous. I believe he has one one or two assists as well. And the last player to get four goals in his opening three games for Real Madrid was Cristiano Ronaldo. Obviously not the same player, different positions, but very impressive start to life for Jude Bellingham over at Real Madrid and rightfully so they are top of the table only unfortunate thing is and I gotta you know give Solo credit here because he called it a couple weeks back saying that Vinicius Jr. was due for an injury and that's what happened in their most recent game versus Celta Vigo and I gotta say it is kind of down to the medical staff in my opinion because they kind of just put a band-aid on his hamstring or uh, quad and kind of threw him back out onto the pitch and was like all right they just re-aggravated it honestly so no word that I am at least aware of of how long he'll be out for, but it, I think it's going to be a couple weeks at the very minimum. So, yeah, it was long overdue, like Saul said, and now that kind of throws their whole system out of whack because they're playing like this midfield diamond with Jude Bellingham as like 10, almost a false nine with Vinicius and Rodrigo on the wings. And, yeah, I don't know who's going to play there now. So, you know, it could be a very deflated couple of weeks that are coming up for Real Madrid, especially with, you know, I think Courtois, is also out and i'm not sure if adis balaga has actually been playing yeah he played this first game for madrid today but we all know how shaky that guy can be in goal so yeah real madrid top of the table not for long if you ask me yeah bro i mean i think the legal main thing has been the injuries i mean pedri got injured the same ronald araujo got injured i think after the first match week pedri got injured i think this week and alejandro valde Supposedly, I think he's playing his ankle. But I think they said he should be fine. But yeah, there's a lot of worrying injuries, not just in La Liga, but I think all over the footballing world. And, you know, I think 
well, they aren't listening to the players. The players for the longest time have been talking about how congested the schedule is and that they need breaks. And, you know, the the the, the FA is pretty much, instead of listening to them, they're like, well, here you go. You know, they're like, here you go, another 10 matches. Here you go, another 15 matches. You know, figure it out. Again, not to go back on things, but I think the amount of matches being played will also influ- influence some players to leave to Saudi Arabia as well. I thought for sure you're going to mention some stuff about Barca, man, because that, uh, Obviously, the first week was pretty lackluster in La Liga. 0-0 draw with Atafe, and there's a lot of referee controversies in that. And obviously, we won our most recent game as well, uh, 2-0 Cadiz at our new home for the season, which is it's going to take some getting used to. But, I mean, yeah, some injuries are you know the downfall right now, but I feel like Lamina Mall has been one of the bright spots for Barcelona, this young Barcelona squad. Um, it is kind of worrying to see Robert Lewandowski still having inconsistency in front of goal but I feel like between Yamal and Torres who looks very impressive off the bench is going to be really crucial to Barca's next couple of weeks with uh, Pedri and Araujo and Balde out injured only good thing for them with those injuries is the fact that they're going to you know miss the international break which why are we doing an international break in September like the first few weeks of the season I have no idea but yeah that's uh that's another thing to talk about as well yeah I mean all they talked about the referee and how bad it was I think you should watch the Prem, I mean, La Liga, and see how bad it is there and how controversial it is. All right. Well, nothing else then? Well, not much else. I, I don't really watch La Liga outside of Barca. All right. What about you, Aldo? Any, anything to say? <laughs> I was just going to say nothing to I, I think Bellingham, I saw some clips, uh, highlights, and Bellingham's been tearing it up there. Uh, so. That's that's really all I got. And the refereeing has been just abysmal, bro. Like, really, really bad. So consistent. So consistent. But other than that, that's about it. All right. Well, let's move on to a new exciting season for our next conversation, y'all. That is Lee Gong. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just playing. <laughs> Seriously, though, I know it's always the answer to this, but have y'all, been, have y'all been keeping up or watching or anything? Nothing? With Lee Gong? One today. Yeah. Leon, are you crazy, bro? I ain't gonna torture myself. <laughs> oh God, I think this bro, is. I the... don't watch. No, I was... I, dude, I, I explained to you before. I don't watch League of Legends. I don't watch MLS. What makes you think I'd watch Leon? But you didn't watch League when... when Messi was there. No, no, bro. I watched the first game, and it was so dreadful and boring. I was like, I ain't never watching this thing again. Like, I was like, bro, this is ass. How, how do people tune into this every week and watch this? Yeah, yeah, I, I don't disagree, but man, all I will say is if Legal, you want to sponsor the 1960 plus podcast, take me, y'all. It's okay, you don't have to take the rest of these guys. Just take bro, I'll me. Take, <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take the Saudi Arabia money, bro. I'll they take that too. Talk, bro, they talk, they tell me to talk, I already talked positively about the league. I think it's better than that, my last, bro. I think they're going to be the fifth best league in the world ahead of Legal and just behind. All right, since I know you all want to talk about Ligue 1, I'll just give a brief, brief, brief summary about the opening three weeks. We all know Mbappe was supposed to leave the club, and then he did a complete 180 again for like the you know second time in a row, and he's staying. Looks like he's staying, but honestly, you know, with that front line of Gonzalo Ramos, Mbappe, Usman Dembele, who has a number 10 shirt, which I think is really weird to look at, um, I thought they'd be exciting, but honestly, nah, they're just really lackluster up top. They barely won their game. You know, on the score sheet, 3-1, it seems like an easy victory, but it was 1-1 the entire game until Mbappe got the winner in the 90th minute, and then they added a third, and then Lenz almost came back, but yeah, it was 
you know, very lackluster. And then, you know, you thought teams like Marseille, who actually made some decent signings this summer, were going to challenge PSG. I mean, it kind of looks like that, but, you know, they, they're up on the top of the table along with Monaco, which is one thing to look out for. Rennes, who has really young, exciting talent, you know, that just stripped away from them like Jeremy Doku. So that's the team to watch out for as well. But... Yeah, that's pretty much it, y'all. I mean, if you watch League On, a lot of people just watch the PSG games in League On, too. And I wouldn't even say, like, even that is painful. <laughs> even that is dreadful at points. Um, you know, I thought, especially with Luis Enrique, they'd be a force to be reckoned with, not only in the league, but the Champions League. And, man, I'm just being proved wrong every single week. But anyways, that's League On. Not enough time to focus on that here on this podcast. I see we get more attention to other leagues like the Serie A and Bundesliga that kicked off. Um, actually, last podcast the three of us recorded together, they were yet to kick off, so now they're two weeks in, and yeah, it's been some interesting starts, especially over in uh, the Bundesliga, but uh, but let's just start with the Bundesliga, y'all. Um, obviously, there's no surprises who's first, top of the table. Actually, right now, there kind of is because Bayern has yet to play their second game, but yeah, the big news there is Harry Kane, who actually did score in his debut, but who couldn't see that coming. Um, yeah, Bayern, they look to be winning, what is it, their 12th, <laughs> 11th title in a row this year. Um, that's obviously if teams like Union Berlin or Bayer Leverkusen can stop them, which they are currently top of the table and have been scoring goals for fun. So those are two teams to look out for. I would group Dortmund in there as well, but, you know, they're barely scraping out wins. And then I think they actually drove today versus Bochum. And then RB Leipzig, who actually is a very young, exciting team, especially with, you know, having Xavi Simmons on loan from PSG there. I would definitely watch their games. And yeah, their games don't disappoint. Like they played uh, Bayer Leverkusen today, an exciting 3-2 game, but Leverkusen just a bit better on the day. But yeah, I would still group Leverkusen up there to kind of challenge for uh, that Bundesliga title along with Bayern, Berlin, and maybe Dortmund at the moment. But yeah, that's kind of it. Not a lot of, you know, news catching stuff at the moment in the Bundesliga. Seems like the same old narrative, ready to play out one for one more season. Dude, my hope for this season to the throne, the throne of Bayern, is in between Union Berlin, Leverkusen, and Bayern themselves. I just hope Bayern implodes. Because, I mean, I have more hope in Bayern imploding than I have in Union Berlin or Leverkusen actually being consistent in the league. Yeah. So we didn't give our predictions, these, so sh- shall we give you our predictions? We should. Also, Wolfsburg is one team to look out for as well. They have this one player, Jonas Wind, who is top of the table right now with four goals. And, yeah, that's a player to look out for. Um, yeah, let's go ahead and give our predictions for the Bundesliga, y'all. Um, you know, as much as I would like to say that Bayern is going to be dethroned, for the first time in, you know, 11, 12 years. I just don't think it's going to be possible. So um, no surprises here for me. I think Bayern will win the Bundesliga, and I think Leverkusen will finish second. And after that, I think I'm going to put Leipzig in third. RB Leipzig will finish third. And then I'm going to give Dortmund fourth place. And then after that, I think, man, it sucks because Union Berlin, they made fourth last year and made the Champions League. But I think they're just going to, have too much to handle this season contesting both in, in both those competitions so i think they'll finish fifth union berlin that is and uh i think that's it for me yeah top five seems justifiable because i think only the first four get champions league anyways yeah so i think you actually have somewhere to me except marching glad back in no uh Bayern first obviously i do think I'll agree with you. I think Leverkusen second. I'm going to go Leipzig third. 
And then Union Berlin fourth. I think Dortmund don't make it in Europe. I mean, they do. They get you now. They go Europa League or whatever. But I think they finish outside top four. Damn, it's a bit of a hot take. What about what about you, Aldo? What do you think? Damn, bro, uh, that is a hot take. Dortmund not finishing in the top four, let alone the top two. Damn. Um, well, I, you guys are going to either look at me as a genius after the season or as a complete idiot. There's no in between. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm not me for really getting Leicester. Look what happened. And we're only doing top five, right? The first five? Top four, top four, top four. Although you do whatever you no. want, bro. If you want to give the entire table first to 18, go for it. All right. Watch. I'll give you the whole table right here. <laughs> you can give it to me. I'll give it in the podcast, though. Well. I actually think Bayern will not win it this season. That is outrageous. Oh, this guy's an idiot. We don't have to listen to the rest of his. <laughs> this guy. There's a smaller bit of hope. I think we might be surprised this season in the Buddhist uh, with Bayern is definitely going to win it. But I still think we're going to be surprised with uh, Union Berlin. I think they're actually going to get second. And then I'm going to say Dortmund third. Leipzig fourth. Wolfsburg, nah, Wolfsburg fifth. So we can go over to City A. Some again. Uh, I think this is the no, they're only two weeks in, y'all. Only two weeks, and this is their second weekend. And honestly, most teams haven't played. But I mean, hey, speaking about Americans, I think one has taken the City A by storm. That's Christian Pulisic, who's had a very, very impressive life, start to life over in the City A with uh, AC Milan. Two goals already in the first two games. Olivier J. Rude and him and are making quite the partnership. Rafael Leal as well. It's just honestly a really exciting attack. So, yeah, I think uh, AC Milan is one team to look out for massively this season. And other than that, you know, you have the usual candidates that look pretty impressive. Napoli, Inter, even Juventus are looking quite impressive this start to the early season. But, yeah, I mean, what, what have y'all made up so far the opening two weeks? I haven't watched them, but um, speaking of American players, you said Pulisic? If I'm being honest, he's the one that I always have had that I always thought he's the one that had the highest potential out of any of them. I was like, if someone can play for a top club, it's him. And Gio Reyna. Gio Reyna, I feel like he wasn't so injury prone. He could play free. He'd be at an even higher club than Dortmund is, you know? Yeah, dude. And, and he's kind of doing that. You know, Milan is a top team for sure, especially in recent years. And like Chris said, he's been... He's been tearing up out there. First two games, two goals. The first one was definitely a bang. All right, y'all. Predictions time. I'll go first. And I said this last year. I'm going to say it again. I think Roma's going to finish with the Scudetto this season. I know it's been like the slow buildup. And, you know, maybe they haven't been close. But I feel like this season especially there. It could potentially be their season. I mean... I say that, and they haven't had an press, impressive start, but I don't know. They, you know, uh, Tammy Abraham's injured. Um, Paulo Dybala's out injured, and I think they just signed. They're supposedly in for Romelu Lukaku. Oh yeah, I think yeah. They're the favorites to sign him. That's right. That's right. And they just signed someone else recently. I know they got Renato Sanchez. Leandro Paredes made the move. I, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but he's from Porto, a striker, right? Like oh, Terem. Azmoun. I was like Azmoun. It's like A Z M O U N. He's a striker. Interesting. He came from, I think, Porto or from Leverkusen, I forget. Yeah. But anyways, I think Roma is going to slide under the radar and actually win the Scudetto this season. 
I could be either a genius or an idiot at the end of it, like Saul said, but yeah, that's my prediction. Second place, I'm going to give to Milan, AC Milan. And then third place, I can see, honestly, Napoli taking a huge dip this season, but obviously third place is still respectable, Champions League football. And then after that, Inter, man. I mean, they made some pretty good signings. Um, obviously, the whole Lukaku saga, but I mean, they got Juan Cuadrado in, which I think is a interesting move considering the fact that he has been playing as a wing back recently that's perfect for inter so i think inter will actually finish fourth and Wait, inter, inter signed one quadrado yeah what <laughs> it's because i'm trying to see who juventus signed and and he doesn't show up as someone who's left nah bro he played today quadrado for for uh inter that is damn that's crazy yeah and uh, fifth, I'm going to give it to Juve. Like you said, so like you're trying to look at who they signed. I don't think they signed anyone of note, honestly. Timothy Weah. And I would, <laughs> every time we talk about league on last year, I was like, bro, Le- Timothy Weah has been playing like week in, week out as a, as a left back or as a right back. And they got him playing right wing back for Juventus. So <laughs> maybe they maybe they noticed that and maybe they wanted him to come to the club just for that reason. I don't know. But um, yeah, again, uh, only the top four get Champions League and the Serie A, and then obviously fifth is Europa League. So I think that's good for me. So yeah, Roma, Milan, Napoli, Inter, Juve. I'm going to tell you right now, Christian, you're wrong. I'm going to tell you why, brother. No. Uh, I think I think AC Milan wins the whole thing first. Second is... is uh, this is tough, bro. This is real tough. Oh, man. I think second will be, I'll go with Lazio second, Juventus third, because they have nothing to worry about. It's just pretty much all they're focused on is on domestic competitions. They have no European place this year. Fourth, I think I'll go with, what is tough? Fourth, um, damn, but it was actually a really interesting league. Fourth, fourth I'm going to go with Inter. Yeah, fourth will be Inter, and then I think Fifth, I think four through six could be a toss-up between Inter, Napoli, and Roma. But fourth will be Inter. Inter, yeah, and then I, I guess I'll go Roma fifth and Napoli sixth. I think Napoli's going to have a drop-off, especially since they've lost a lot of really good players and they lost their coach. All right, Aldo, what do you say? All right, hear me out. No. Lan winning it again. I'll just it I can see that happening. I think they they got some pretty good. So um, far, so good. Got some pretty good resource players there that they got. Um, so far, they still have the same coach, so nothing drastic has happened. I think Juventus. Yeah, they still all they have to worry about is the you know domestic cup. So I think they're going to come in second. I think Inter, even with everything that's going on. They're going to get third, for sure. Definitely see that. Uh, Napoli, I don't know if they'll go that down, but I think they'll still get top four. So they, they haven't signed anyone that excites me that's like, oh, yeah, they replaced um, Ken Min Ja, Jay, or whatever, uh, the center back. They haven't yeah. replaced. Um, who else was it? They lost someone else important, I feel. Fabian Ruiz. I mean, he left two summers ago, so it doesn't feel like... <laughs> Yeah, but they lost Min, J, Cam. Um, I think they lost some midfielders too, didn't they? I don't know, but they just have a, my point is they haven't reinforced themselves to go, go on all the. Yeah, I know, but I still think they still got the core. 
of that team. So I think they'll be good at fourth. And then, actually, you know what? I'm going to switch a little bit. Instead of um, Inter at third, I'm going to say uh, Inter at fourth, Roma at third. Nice. And then Verona and sixth. Hello, Verona? Yes. What is wrong with you? That's like the most idiotic take I've heard all day. Bro, are you oh, just you, saying that because we're like second place right now? No. No, I've actually seen what some of their um, incomings have been. I can't remember the names right now, but I've seen their player profiles and some tactical changes that they've been doing. And I feel pretty... That's more of a gamble, but I feel pretty good about that. I think they're going to come in sixth. Yeah. Bro, they just I'm actually be, looking. They just be Roma today. Bro, I'm actually looking at Roma. What the they hell? They got this? They got Renato Sanchez, Evan Indica, Jose Husum. I can't pronounce it. Husum Awar, Rasmus Christensen. Dude, they got a good. They got some good players. And damn, I didn't know that. And then they got La Caca. Damn. Crazy. Yeah, you know who else had an interesting transfer window? Enter. Summer, um, Marcus Turam, Cuadrado, Arnautovic. They just signed Alexis Sanchez again. Yeah, and they let go of Joaquin Correa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they lost Brozovic, Skriniar, Manana. I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting City Out campaign. Um, well, yeah, that's pretty much everything. All the top leagues we wanted to cover, y'all. Unless y'all want to talk about anything else. Other, any other leagues or anything? No, not really. Oh, a top 10 list, and then that's Oh, a yeah, top 10 list. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Um, yeah, let's go ahead and knock that out, boys. I don't know why I closed all my tabs when I knew we were going to talk about that. <laughs> all right, top 10 list. How should we do this, guys? Should we do from 10 to 1 or 1 to 10? I think I got number one pretty clear. Yeah, who's that? I have to sadly say Real Madrid at the moment. Oh, yeah, you know what? Honestly, I, I have to agree with that. You can curl all, though? Yeah, no doubt about it. Like I said, Bellingham's just been tearing it up over there. Yeah, it's even more impressive with all the injuries they have, you know. Mm-hmm. All right, Real Madrid in first. Uh, second, would y'all agree and say Man City? Uh, yeah, I think so, yeah. Aldo? <laughs> sure. All right. Third place. I think this is where it's going to get really interesting. <laughs> Third place. Hear me out. Hear me out. I said we put Inter Miami up in there. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Go get out of here. This Guy. Milan? Two wins for two in Syria. That's a good shot. That's a good shot. AC Milan? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I got a team that should be in the top 10. I don't know what place, though. Brighton? Even though they did lose today, they've been playing some beautiful football. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hear me out. Before Brighton, because I think they're in. Yeah, they're in fourth place. Respectable. Two wins and one loss. But two other teams that have not lost, and I think should be on here, is Union Berlin and Leverkusen. So I think they should go fourth Leverkusen and then fifth Berlin. And honestly, dude. Fifth. Ooh, that's actually not a bad shout. Well, I think Union Berlin fifth. Or actually, maybe Union Berlin, yeah. Because, dude, they, they've each scored. Berlin scored eight, scored eight goals. Leverkusen scored six. I mean, they're turning it up. Yeah, I agree. I haven't watched them, but yeah, I, I was just making the point. I think Brighton should be in there. I don't know where, but I think Brighton should be in there. All right, so who should go above who in the table? Berlin above Leverkusen or vice versa? I think Berlin should be above Leverkusen. 
Bro, they're tied exactly the same, though, aren't they? Never mind, no. Uh, Berlin has scored two more goals. That's the only difference. So does that kind of yeah. put them in fourth over, over yeah. Leverkusen? Yeah, that puts them up slightly. All right. Yeah, and then uh, maybe we can put Brighton in sixth. But honestly, how about Spurs? I mean, uh, yeah, Spurs, Spurs or West Ham? They've been impressive. They've been impressive. They lost last game, though. Bro, they lost to City 1-0. Oh, yeah, that was a pretty intense game. I forgot. They won their opening game 5-0 against Villa. I mean, sorry, 5-1. He does bring up a good point. Yeah, Spurs, in my opinion, have been more impressive. Yeah. Honestly, I think 6 should be West Ham, then Spurs, then 8th Brighton, and oh, then I don't know if I put Newcastle. West Ham in there, bro. Bro, West, West Ham, Ham are you kidding me? They, they, I know, I know they're top of the prem, but they have not been impressive, bro. Bro, what do you mean? I mean, they, they did draw with four. They did, dude, they beat Chelsea. They beat West Ham, and both of those were three-one. The only downside is they did beat. They beat Chelsea and they beat West Ham, so they beat themselves. Brighton, sorry. No, the only downside is yeah, they they uh, drew with Bournemouth, which is pretty embarrassing. No, but... that's not even the downside. The downside is they don't play good football. I, that, that's my point. I don't think the football they're playing is sustainable for the whole season. So, do you think Spurs should go six? Yeah, I'd say Spurs above West Ham. All right. I don't think Spurs cracked the top 10 at all last season, so yeah, it's good to see. And then... I would even say West Ham doesn't deserve to be in the top 10. Real quick, actually, I think Newcastle should be fourth. Nah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, but nah. (laughs) Why not? I have to agree with Christian Mark. Why not? I know they want to see that city. Bro, it's just down to yeah. the time we're recording. Like, yeah, they 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 have yet to play their game tomorrow, so we don't know. But as the time right now, I would I would not put them in top ten, maybe ninth or tenth. Well, I'm preparing as is since this is going out on Sunday. Um, seventh, I put Brighton there. Seventh. I thought we had just put them in sixth. No, sixth was Spurs. Oh, no, you made. Yeah, I put Brighton seventh. All right, Brighton seventh. That works out. Then. Eighth? Oh shit! Eighth Arsenal, maybe. I don't know, man. It's it's kind of like West Ham. They haven't been really that impressive. Yeah. I mean, they're not, they haven't lost a game. That's not on them. I can put them. Yeah, but, but they've struggled both games. I think. Yeah, they. This was sucks about making making the list like three weeks into everything because it's like there's arguments for everyone, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I'd say Arsenal. Not. not I. I'd agree. I'd say not for now. Not for now. All right, we got three spots to round off. I mean, would you put West Ham eighth? No, I would have put West Ham in top ten. Newcastle. Newcastle. I'd say the argument Aldo made was good. That yeah, they barely lost to City, who are number two on our list. So Damn, before that, I'd they pounded. Before that, they pounded Villa five one. Yeah. 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 So yeah, Newcastle eighth. Um, would you let, let me make this comment now before we before. Uh, now that we're like towards them, would you put Barca on the top ten currently or no? Currently, no. I was going to make the argument they could possibly be in at eight, at tenth, but maybe, yeah, maybe. Uh, what about Benfica? Ninth. Benfica I Sporting. Know, the Portuguese league. Well, Benfica Sporting and Porto—they're all. Oh shit! Never mind. Benfica lost the game, so never mind with that. <laughs> but maybe Sporting or Porto, two and zero. I mean, they they're yet to play a game, but still. You know who I actually put above them? Who's that? I put Al 
Etihad. Bro, we're not putting any. I'd, I'd put Inter Miami in before I put any fucking Saudi pro league team. Hey, in no, I would fight you on that, bro. Bro, Inter Miami. All right, let's make the case. I would argue Saudi teams have a better case since their league's more competitive. And they have relegation and promotion. Okay. So here's some candidates for the last two Sporting, Porto, Monaco, Marseille, maybe Villa? Maybe Austin Villa? They have enough time teams there. Um, bro, I, I honestly, yeah, why not enter Miami, bro? They won the Leaks Cup. Bro, they're, they're on this like, they're on this like nine, that. bro. They're on this nine game unbeaten streak. Bro, it's the MLS. It's not even the MLS. It's the Leaks Cup. <laughs> it's the MLS. Bro, they won the Leaks Cup. They made it to the, the final of the U.S. Open Cup, and they just won their it's first game the in the MLS. MLS. Back. It was a corrupted Leaks Cup. That's what it was. Bro, I, although would you agree? I said I would make the argument that Al had First place team in Saudi Pro League deserves it more than Inter Miami. Because I said the Saudi Pro League is a lot more competitive than the MLS. Would you agree with me in that statement? Yeah, I would agree with that. But I also don't think we have space for them in the in our top 10 list. That's why yeah. I say our ninth and 10th should be good old-fashioned Verona. <laughs> Dude, honestly, Verona does have a case. Bro, it's because you know what I don't like about adding these random teams? Is that next week, we'll like give it two weeks at most, and we're going to be like, bro, get them out of here. <laughs> what were we thinking? But that's why we did it every week, you know, because it's... It's because, you know what, how I'm thinking is we having a consistent list. It's like, all right, we have these teams, and these are the teams that go in and out. It's like, but on that, we put them right now. We're not going to ever see them in the top 10 list again. It's better to make the top like, 10 than to never meet at all. Right, what about Chivas? But, but did we only put Union Berlin in? Yeah, we did. What about uh, Bayern? Bayern? Yeah, I can I can put them ninth. Yeah. They can be. Yeah. yeah. Even though they have to play, yeah, I'd put them ninth. Who who would you put over them then, Aldo? Since Aldo said tenth. Make your argument. Make your case. Verona. I already said it. Bro, get out of here. Be serious. I put Verona in tenth. Hey, bro. What about Freiburg? I would make the argument for Freiburg or Wolfsburg. Oh, Wolfsburg, I wouldn't yeah. actually, but I'm just naming random teams. Brentford? No. Uh, did, did we put any... We put AC Milan. What about Napoli, Juventus, Inter, well, Lecce, Roma? No, I'm just kidding. They, they lost today. Honestly, the only Serie A team that deserves, deserves to go in there with uh, Milan is Verona. Two win. They beat Roma today. Let's just put Verona in tenth, bro. Call it a night. <laughs> bro, I put Barcelona. I mean, I could, I could say Napoli if they were to win tomorrow. I mean, it's kind of the same as Bayern. You know, because it really depends on what we're going. With. Are we going with games played already or games to play? Well, games already, but also like the the way they've played. Yeah, like if they look like a strong contender. Like for instance, like you know the way Union Berlin and. All right, Leverkusen started the season off. They look like strong contenders. You know, they look like teams that are going to be fighting. Well, Napoli did win three one. Fuck, Napoli. You won three no. Dude, you know, honestly, I'm not going to argue with y'all because I know this list is going to change. So I'll, I'll agree with whatever y'all say. All right, so hell's Verona. Because I know this. So, yeah, I know this list because I know if we could we write down this list right now, I know in two weeks is going to be completely different. That's the beauty of the top ten. Are going to have after place. All right, Aldo, just to piss off Soul, then let's put Hellas Verona 9th, Bayern 10th. Do it. All right, let's, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, I'll do it. Uh, that's it, y'all. Just right, to recap. Re- re- read out the list. Recap it. Yeah, recap. 10th the 1st. We got 10th place, Bayern Munich. 9th place, Hellas Verona. 
8th place Newcastle, 7th place Brighton, 6th place Spurs, 5th place Bayer Leverkusen, 4th place Union Berlin, 3rd place AC Milan, 2nd place Manchester City, and 1st place Real Madrid. Honorable mention to Inter Miami, the main number 11th. No, I'm just kidding. Who? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> the Dutch league hasn't started yet, huh? Yeah. yeah. It's all over the place. Mars in first. All right, y'all. Anything else before we end the pod? It's going to be a long episode. No, nah, there's a lot to cut off. Sounds good to me. All right, y'all. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Uh, yeah, we'll be back next week for more content, hopefully. Or if not, just stay tuned. We'll keep uh, keep y'all updated as much as we can. But anyways, thanks for listening. Like, scri- like share, subscribe, wherever you all get the podcast. We'll see you next week. Adios. Adios.